Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. For the next two weeks, NYU actually is closed right now. So I'm not going to be teaching um, the book of Imam Abu Hamad al-Ghazali, Manhaj al-Abidin. So let's spend the next two weeks, inshallah, talking about dua. And maybe we'll continue for a few weeks going through some of the important dua um, supplications, right? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said that a dua wa mukhul ibadah, right? That supplication is the marrow, is the essence of worship. I'm going to be reading to you from a book that I've been working on for a long time that collects um, some ideas about dua, some of the fiqh issues pertaining to dua, and then most importantly, the etiquettes. Uh, of dua and then like some of the important duas that we should be making on the regular mashallah before we jump into that though if you can do me a favor and leave a review it's going to help me out mashallah and once again my school is open online alhamdulillah we have almost up to 2500 students across the globe at suhaibweb.com our app is up the beta version on the app store Look for swiss.ed on Google or Apple. And alhamdulillah, on January 9th, starting a class I'm super excited about for teens called Quran for Teens. Sign up right now. It's recorded if you can attend live every Sunday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Time. So hit up suhayweb.com, support the work that we're doing as we try to grow, make some really strategic hires and scale for the sake of Allah. But let's jump into dua. Imam al-Khattabi. He was a great scholar of hadith. He has a really, really beautiful definition of dua, man. He says, dua is the supplication a worshiper directs to Allah, the highest, seeking assistance while relying upon him for support, seeking assistance from Allah alone while relying upon him for support. Its reality is to express impoverishment, vulnerability to Allah while foregoing any notions of power and ability. It is the mark of true devotion, the sign of human weakness, carrying the meaning of adulation to Allah and recognizing Allah's gener generosity and excellence. SubhanAllah, man. He says, I can read it in Arabic, الدُّعَى إِسْتِدْعَاءُ الْعَبْدِ رَبَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَ Right, that it is a, a, a slave requesting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assistance. And relying upon Allah for, for help. The reality of dua, this is so beautiful, man. Is that a person openly and without any inhibitions expresses his or her impoverishment to Allah. You know, there's a beautiful dua. Oh Allah, make us rich by feeling impoverished to you to you and do not impoverish us by allowing us to feel autonomous of you subhanallah 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 imam uh, ibn Mandur has a really really nice definition of dua he says that it is to express true hope in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the word ragba actually means more than hope it means like an emotional psychological hope that's followed by actions now in the quran we find the word dua used in different contexts for example worship uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the 18th chapter of the quran uh, verse 28 
واصبر نفسك مع الذين يدعون ربهم بالغداه والعشي يريدون وجهه stay resilient with those who worship the lord morning and evening sincerely subhanallah we find that also used within the context of supplication in the 40th chapter of the quran verse 60 allah subhanahu says that and your lord says call upon me i will immediately answer you also we find it used in the context of pleading for safety uh, if you go to the sixth chapter of the quran uh, verse number 40 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Say, if the scourge of Allah were to fall upon you, were to hit you, the adab of Allah, or the hour came suddenly, who other than Allah would you plead for safety? Who would you turn to for help and safety and security? Uh, it also means to call to attention. It also means invitation. Allah says in the 12th chapter of the Quran, uh, verse 60, uh, My Lord, prison is more favorable to me, Sayyidina Yusuf, saying this, than what they call me to, right? What they're inviting me to. It also carries the meaning of hope. Right, in the 40th chapter of the Quran, verse 43, uh, he has no hope in the temporary world or the everlasting one. For da'wah, interestingly enough, carries the meaning of hope. And of course, to invite, right, and actually here doesn't mean invite, it means request, excuse me. Ask your Lord, request your Lord. Uh, if he will take the time to clarify this for us, the second chapter of the Quran, uh, verse 68. So as you can see, uh, the word subhanAllah has a number of different contexts that illustrate its importance and depth. And now what we're going to talk about is some of the etiquettes of dua. But before I do that, let me repeat kind of the different usages of the word in the Quran. Number one is worship. Number two, supplication. Number three, pleading for safety. Number four, calling to attention. Number five, invitation. Number six, hope. Number seven, request. Now, the etiquettes of dua, you know, in the realm of worship, etiquettes actually are three. This is something that Sheikh Ahmed al-Dadir, in his explanation of al-Kharida, which I teach at my school, uh, the last chapter, he talks about al-Adab, right? Etiquettes, adab, excuse me. And, and he knows that the etiquettes are three with any act of worship. What happens before the act? what happens during the act, and what happens uh, after the act. So as I go through some of these etiquettes, you want to be thinking about them in the context of these different three um, kind of places, what happens before, during, and after. So the first is eating halal, right? The Prophet wasallam said, O people, Allah is pure and therefore accepts only what is pure. In Allah ta'ala tayyib la yaqbaru illa tayyibah. And Allah has commanded the believers as he has commanded his messengers. And here's something very important because sometimes people say, well, I'm not a prophet. You know, I'm not, I'm not good like they are. But here we see something. Uh, the Prophet said, uh, That Allah has commanded the believers and the prophets the same thing.
That's why sometimes in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like in Surah Al-Baqarah, Alam ta'alam anna Allah ala kulli shay'in qadir. Alam ta'alam anna Allah lahu mulku samawati wal ard. Wa ma lakum. It doesn't say wa ma laka. Sometimes in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu and then suddenly it switches and he's talking to the whole ummah in the same verse to show that we share in that responsibility. Subhanallah. So here, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَمَرَ مُؤْمِنِينَ بِمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ That's what the hadith says. How كَمَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the believers and the prophets the same thing. What is that? He quotes the 51st verse of the 23rd chapter of the Quran. O messengers, eat of the good things and do good deeds. And Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the hadith continues. This is Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 172. O you who believe, eat of the lawful things that we have provided you. Khalas, and do good. So we see the verses have the same orders for the prophets and for the believers. Then he, alayhi salatu salam, the hadith continues, made a mention of a person who was traveling for a long period of time. His hair was disheveled and he was covered with dust. And that person lifted his hands toward the sky and began to say, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, supplicate. But his food is unlawful, his drink is unlawful, his clothes are unlawful, and his nourishment is unlawful. And then the Prophet said, Then who's going to answer his dua? Like, who will answer that supplication? The second key um, that's important to getting our du'as accepted is one that people don't talk about a lot. And that's calling to the good and forbidding the evil. And of course, there's conditions for this. The most important condition is ability. So usually when you start to talk about da'wah, people have these meta ideas. Get micro. Think about yourself. The first recipient of your da'wah should be you. Khalas, yani. After that, it's your family. After that, it's your friends and those closest to you. Oftentimes, people try to outsource their individual responsibility by drowning those responsibilities in romanticized notions of saving the world. They can't even save themselves, man. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Save yourself and your family from hell. And this is a trick of shaitan, that a person will be the hero of the Muslimin with the Ummah, but subhanAllah will neglect themselves and the people around them. May Allah protect us and all of us. We're guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. We all struggle with this. Allah says in the Quran, don't say what you can't do. So you got to check yourself, man. Nobody is going to bring you to Jannah except you working hard by the mercy of Allah. By the mercy of Allah and good deeds are a sign of that mercy because the one who loves you will guide you to do what brings you closer to them so the Prophet وسلم, in a hadith related by Sayyidina Imam he said by him in whose hands is my life you must enjoin good and you must forbid evil or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will certainly soon send a punishment to you then you will supplicate and your supplications will not be accepted. So da'wah. Now the Muslims have become communities of politics, right? communities of every type of cause, which is great. And I talk about this on my series on Being Woke, which we have to finish. 
But if you stay woke too long, you start to get paranoid, right? And there has to be tempering any of the abstractions in the world today, any of the abstract terms like, you know, the economy, liberalism, conservatism, this, 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 this. All those have to be subjected to the particular analysis of Islamic law, fiqh. We talked about this last week. The third etiquette that brings dua, inshallah, into what we hope Allah will accept it, because as we'll talk about in the future, all of our duas are heard. Are they accepted in the way that we hope? That's up to Allah. It's from the munkinat. Sheikh Ahmed Marzuki in Aqidat al Awam, he says that, you know, from what is probable in our belief with Allah is that He could or could not do the mumkinat. What are the mumkinat? Those things that may or may I'll be tall, I'll be short, I'll be rich, I'll get into this grad school, I'll marry this person, I'll have kids, whatnot, whatnot, whatever. That's from the mumkinat. Same with dua being accepted in the way that we hope. So, the next is that we should be present in our supplication. In Allah Ta'ala, لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah will not change the people till they change themselves. So if I'm not present, how can I expect to get the gift? The next is avoiding sin. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu said, بِالْوَرْعِ عَمَّا حَرَّمَ اللَّهِ يُقْبَلُ الدُّعَاءُ that caution with what Allah has prohibited causes dua to be accepted. Listen to the statement of Sufyan Thawri, man. This one little like sentence is like so life-changing. He said, Allahu Akbar, man. He said, avoiding sin without a doubt is dua. <laughs> SubhanAllah, when I read that, I was like, man, SubhanAllah, I have a lot of work to do, right? Avoiding sin without a doubt is without a doubt is dua. Yani inna tarka dhunubi huwa dua. The next is having a balanced and humble voice when we're supplicating. The Prophet said, Oh people, take it easy. He who you are calling is not deaf or absent. Allah Azawajal. He is with you by his knowledge, he is hearing, and he is near you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next is being passionate and having empathy. The Prophet said, when one of you supplicates, let, supplicates, let him be dis, de, decisive. And he should not say like, oh Allah, bestow upon me such and such if you wish, because no one has the power to compel him. Actually, this hadith is for the next etiquette, I'm sorry. So being passionate, and one of the best ways to be passionate is to pray for others in their absence. You know, subhanAllah, man, in uh, Minhaj al-Abidin, and we're going to talk about this in the next few weeks, in the or next month, the challenges of, you know, popularity and being around people. You know, subhanAllah, man, some of the Salaf, people would like want to hang out with them, right? And they would say no. And they would say why? They say because when we're together, we may fall into riyah or fall into like, you know, behavior which is not good. But when we're not together, we make dua for one another. And that dua is accepted, subhanAllah. That empathy and love that we have for each other. And also the Prophet said, Man la yurham, la yurham, who is not empathetic will not receive empathy. One of the greatest blessings we can receive, and that's why dua in the Quran also sometimes is called rahmah, is 
you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answering our du'as in the way that we hope, inshallah, and putting barakah in that answer. The next is to be definitive. You know, don't be like, oh, Allah, if you think this is good, or this is good, or this is good. And this was the hadith I mentioned earlier. The Prophet said, when one of you supplicates, let him be decisive. And he should not say, oh, Allah, bestow on me such and such if you wish, because no one has the power to compel him. Right? No one can compel Allah. No one, translation is not really good, but what it means is like, لا أحد يعني يؤثر في ما اختاره الله. Like nobody can like influence Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other etiquette is seeking answers with righteous deeds. And of course, this is found in the long hadith of three persons who are walking and then rain began to fall and they you know got stuck in a cave and the rock rolled in front of the cave and each one of them made dua by some of the good that they had done. And each time they made dua, the rock moved away. So what we take from the hadith, there's a lot of lessons, but one is invoking the good that we've done and also good companionship. If one of those guys had been bad, they would still be there, right? Something very important. Another etiquette is confessing sins. Listen to this beautiful supplication of the Prophet. This hadith is authentic. The Prophet said, the dua with the best chance of being accepted is when a person says, Allahumma anta rabbi, O oh Allah, you are my creator. Wa ana abduk, I am your slave. Zulamtu nafsi wa ataraftu bi dhambi. I have wronged myself and I admit my sins. Ya Rabb, O oh my Lord. Faghfirli dhambi. Innaka anta rabbi. Innahu la yaghfiru dhunuba illa ant. Oh, so beautiful, man. So I admit my sins, my Lord. So forgive me of my sins. Indeed, you are the only one who is my sole creator and sustainer. And indeed, no one can forgive sins except you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next is important to have a good attitude, man. Uh, the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it in there. Ana inda dhani abdi bi. I am to you as you think I am. What does dhan mean? Dhan means that you have two probabilities. It's either good or bad, and you and I allow our in insecurities with Allah to overcome us, and we have a bad suspicion of Allah, a bad assumption of Allah. La. If Allah answers, alhamdulillah. If He doesn't answer, li listen to the statement. Adamul jawab huwa'inul jawab. That the absence of an answer is the true answer. Right? So, being really with Allah in dua is to be as pleased and trusting of the absence of the answer as you and I are with the answer. Subhanallah. It's important for us also to note that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have to answer our duas. And we're going to talk about this next week. But often I've met Muslims who are angry at Allah, man. Or they feel that Allah does not love them because he doesn't give them what they want. No. The true height of love is when you keep someone away from something that's bad for them. You have the hadith, you know, of, of the Prophet some that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to that malaika, look at this servant of mine who keeps asking me for this and I don't give it to them because I love to hear from them. And I know that if I gave this to them, it will be a source of causing them to leave the deen. I'm, I'm, I'm of course, quoting, uh, you know, not exact here. So what we're going to do, let's take a, um, a step back for a minute and ask, who knows what is best for us? And when that answer becomes clear, 
and even though it may be hard, that's when we gain trust in Allah. Trust in Allah happens when we have hard conversations with ourselves. And then we take that to understand his perfect knowledge. And then we can appreciate Adam al-Jawab al-Jawab. The absence of an answer is a true answer. Barakallahu feekum. We're going to talk about that next week. Do me a favor. If you're listening to the podcast and you're benefiting, share with others. Talk about it online. Help us, man. Help us grow and support the work we do and leave a review. It really helps us. Barakallahu feekum. May Allah bless us that our du'as, inshallah, will be good, accepted, and blessed by Allah Azza wa Jal. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.